All right, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Good evening. My name is Latinapun. I'm a senior product manager at Amazon EC2. It's very nice to see everybody here, and it's very exciting to see how many people are interested in knowing more about uh, learning uh, about how to use large GPUs to run graphics workloads on AWS. So graphics workload is an integral part of many industries, for example, in design engineering world, in the media entertainment world, and in the oil and gas world. So today, we're going to discuss how a large GPU can help you to run these workloads on AWS better with lower costs. Together with me are two guest speakers. Uh, one is Nikla Bushnovishi uh, from Frame, and then Craig Rukti from Siemens. So we'll together show how a large GPU can help you to run these graphics workloads with high performance, low cost, and flexibility. So first of all, let's talk about graphics workloads. Historically, when we talk about graphics workloads on the cloud, we've been thinking about server-native graphics applications, such as video content delivery, batch rendering, and online gaming. These are very important workloads used at high scale. But there are another category of graphics workloads that are more and more important. And these are graphics workloads for professional use cases for end users. For example, we have computer-aided engineering and computer-aided design to develop new and innovative products using 3D CAD tools. Companies using seismic analysis to facilitate oil exploration process. And we have a number of AWS partners and customers building a high-performance medical imaging solution on AWS. So, and, and we also have a lot of customers uh, using GPUs to visualize output from various HPC simulations uh, and, and, and visualize the results. And if you're from media entertainment industry, you probably use GPUs for content creation, visual effects, animations, and some of the workloads may already be running on AWS. So on AWS, we have been supporting uh, graphics workloads for a long time. In 2013, we launched G2 instances based on NVIDIA K520 GPUs. And in 2017, we launched G3 instance with Tesla M60 GPUs. These instances provide you full access to physical GPUs in path-through mode. Many workloads run very well on GPU instances, such as batch rendering, visual effects, virtual reality, augmented reality, and high-performance graphics work, uh, desktops. We have seen customers building gaming solutions on G2, and we have seen customers building high-performance uh, cloud graphics desktops for seismic visualization and computer engineering workloads on G3 instances. These workloads require full access to GPU performance, say, probably need 90 to 100% of performance. They all need all GPU features. For example, they need CUDA OpenCL APIs on top of uh, DirectX and OpenGL APIs. And some of them may also need hardware encoding and decoding support for better video performance and better user experience. So while the, there are many workloads that run very well on G2 and G3 instances, GPU instances provide you a certain amount of CPU, RAM, and GPU, and the ratio is fixed. This could mean that you need, you need to over-provision uh, CPU and RAM to get more GPUs, or you have to over-provision GPUs in order to get more CPU and RAM. For example, if you need one GPU, 32 vCPUs and 200 gig of RAM, you probably need to provision a G3 edX large, which has two GPUs, while you only need one. And in many cases, the full GPU and pass-through modes may be too powerful for use case. There are graphics workloads, for example, Google Earth, that probably don't really need a full physical M60 GPU and pass-through mode. But the minimum amount of GPU you have to purchase uh, in a, uh, for, for uh, GPU instances is one full physical GPU. And you have to probably pay 77 cents for a G22X large. So you can think of this as the same challenge when you only have instant storage on EC2 instances. For example, uh, imagine a world without EBS, right? So large GPU is conceptually similar to EBS in that we're providing the ability to attach GPU to our instances with more flexibility. You can really choose the best EC2 instance that is suited for your workloads, that is the right amount of CPU and RAM. For example, if, if it's a very light workload, you can probably choose a T2 medium. If it's very heavy workload, you can choose R416 as large. And then choose a GPU that is well suited for, for the graphics, uh, uh, graphics needs. You can choose from as low as one gigaframe buffer to as many as eight gigaframe buffer based on your need. So overall, Elast GPU provides you an ability to easily attach low-cost graphics solutions to EC2 instances, which means that you can have an EC2 instances that fits exactly to your workload, 
and you can easily attach GPUs to deliver the graphic capabilities. We offer Elastic GPU in four sizes, from one gig frame buffer, which is EG1.medium, all the way to eight gig frame buffer, which is EG1.2x large. And Elastic GPU is really ideal if you need small amount of GPUs for graphics acceleration, or you need have an application that needs a lot of compute resources, a lot of CPU, a lot of RAMs, but also benefits from some of the GPU capabilities. So Elastic GPU not only provides you the flexible GPU size and attachment, it also provides your workstation class graphics performance and optimized cost. So Elastic GPU now supports OpenGL 4.2 APIs, which allows most of the OpenGL workloads to run. And Elastic GPU is compatible with a wide range of streaming protocols. For example, we have DCV, we have TerraDigit PCOIP, we have RDP and VNC. So, so Elastic GPU really provides a powerful Lego piece for you to build your graphics workloads. Now let's look a little bit deeper on how Elastic GPU works. So under the hood, you have a graphics application that's running on CPU that generates a lot of graphics API calls, which is, in this case, a lot of OpenGL calls. And then these calls get intercepted by Elastic GPU driver, and the driver sends all these graphics API calls uh, to a backend GPU over the network. And there is a, a network endpoint end between your instance and Elastic GPU. The image gets rendered at the backend GPUs and sent it back to uh, the Elastic GPU driver. And the driver passes the image back to the, uh, to the instance. And that completes the whole loop. The data is always stay within your VPC and it never leaves your, your own VPC for data security. So Elastic GPU provides the ability to attach a flexible amount of graphics acceleration to a wide range of EC2 instances. There are three benefits that comes with the flexibility. First, you'll be able to save on the compute cost. For example, if your workload is very spiky for these interactive workloads, you can choose a T2 uh, instead of using a G2X large. The smallest T2 instances with, uh, that Elastic GPU support is T2 medium, so that's le like less than seven cents per hour com compared compare with G2X large that is like 77 cents per hour. So it's significantly lower than uh, the, the cost of GPU instances. And secondly, it gives you capability to right-size your, uh, your CPU count, which a lot of cases, software licensing is based on number of vCPUs you have. So uh, a lot of times, Windows licensing uh, is, is, also, is based on vCPU uh, number, so you can save a lot on uh, software licensings. And thirdly, it allows you to save on GPU costs. So if you have a workload that uh, you want to run an HPC simulation that requires 200 gig of RAM, uh, there, there are really two options. One is you pay for a G3 8x large, which you have two GPUs in it, and you can only use one. Or you, ha you can use an R4 uh, 8x large, uh, and, and use an last GPU, which allows you to, to just purchase the GPUs that you need without having to buy additional GPUs that, that is not really utilized by workloads. So uh, for, 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 for some cases, that last GPU will allow you to save your graphics infrastructure spending by up to 85%. So based on many researchers, we know that while the frame rate is very important to user experience, there is a, a diminishing marginal return on the frame rate over 20 frames per second. For example, movies and TVs are started between like 20 to 30 uh, frames per second. Uh, and here's the research result uh, published uh, 10 years ago on user performance, the perception on quality of the, of the, of the first shooter, uh, first-person shooter game. So they found that when the frame rate is over 20 frames per second, the user perception curve is really flattens, which means that there's not really much perceived user difference, uh, the quality difference in 20 frames per second versus 40 frames per second. So if you use a GPU that is right size for a graphics workload, and, and it's sufficient to generate 20 frames per second, you can save a lot on GPUs while keeping the user experience virtually the same. We also know that GPU workloads are very spiky. So for example, when you interact with, uh, with 3D models, you probably generate some, uh, uh, some traffic to the GPU when you rotate the model, move the model, or zoom the model. So these uh, the GPUs in, uh, in path-through mode generates a lot of frames, like 60 frames per second or 80 frames per second. While, uh, while some, uh, other times when you're just viewing the model or selecting uh, one piece of the model, the GPU resource is not being utilized. And here's how Elastic GPU can help to save cost. 
So Elastic GPU offered you the choice to provision a small GPU, which is, say, one gig of frame buffer. Um, and this allows you to just pay for the fraction of the GPU that, you, that you're using, uh, just pay for the one gig of frame buffer. And then it, it's powerful enough to generate 20 frames per second. And then while the, the GPU is not being heavily used, then you, you, you really save a lot when uh, the, the GPU utilization is, is, is not as, at its peak. And it, and it gives you a very responsive uh, experience because uh, uh, when you're picking the models or just viewing the models, there's really not a lot of traffic to the GPUs. So overall, bottom line is that for a lot of interactive workloads, don't chase for absolute performance and use user experience as a metrics to guide your choice. Ask your users whether they really need a big, beefy GPUs. And you will hear more, more often than not, they, they probably just need those lightweight GPUs. Well, the GPU benchmark is constantly stressing the GPUs. And the workloads are artificial and synthetic, which means that they're not a good representation of real interactive workloads, and you're likely to over-provision the GPU that you really need. So really make your GPU choice based on user experience, not based on benchmark result. So we just spent some time talking about graphics workloads on AWS and the GPU instances in ElastGPU. Now we have a customer here, and we, we're going to see how customers are using ElastGPU to power their solution. Let me, let me introduce Nicola, uh, the founder of CEO of Frame, to come on stage. Frame has been one of the earliest customers of ElastGPUs, and we're excited to have them on the stage to talk about their experience uh, using ElastGPUs. Nicola is the founder of CEO at Frame. Before Frame, he spent 15 years working on the field of computer vision and advanced video processing. And as the founder of CEO at Motion DSP, a real-time video analytics company, and as a visiting researcher at Microsoft. Nicola holds a PhD in electronic and computer engineering from Boston University, and he was a Dean's Fellow. Nicola, welcome. How's this? One, two, three. That's great. Hey, uh, thanks everyone. I know this is, uh, so when they said there's going to be a session at 7 o'clock, it's like, you know, hey, session at 7 o'clock. So I'll, I'll try to make it as interesting as possible. And, uh, and I'm glad, uh, you know, everybody made it here. Uh, there was a sandstorm earlier today. <laughs> uh, we, we, we barely made it. So, you know, my two goals for today is to, you know, demonstrate Elastic GPU. So we're going to see live demos and I'm going to uh, um, um, show you what uh, Leitian was just talking about. And the second thing is, uh, you know, to um, uh, explain and to uh, uh, get you to remember what Frame is and what Frame does because, uh, you know, we're very excited about um, what we build over the last five years. So the, the top line is, there are all these businesses moving to the cloud. That's why we're here. There is uh, this entire industry built around desktop enterprise software in the last 30 years. How do we move those into the cloud? So we build secure enterprise platform that can deliver software-defined uh, workspaces, and you don't need a PC anymore. So you can just uh, grab your Mac or PC or Chromebook or tablet, just open it up, open a browser, and basically you're... Uh, connecting to that virtual workspace that runs in the cloud in a place like Amazon. Um, so just a few words about Frame. Uh, we started it in 2012. Uh, we're based in California, in, uh, in San Mateo. We have offices around the world. We have another office in, on the East Coast, and we have a couple of offices in, um, in, in Serbia as well. And we've been working with a number of large strategic partners uh, you know, on the software vendor side primarily. Um, and uh, with leading ISVs, we have a lot of um, um, uh, customers, a lot of excitement about the work we do with the U.S. government. And uh, the key benefits of running things virtualized are agility, security. You can get even better performance than what you get on a local workstation. You get manageability. So, you know, many, many reasons why people choose to run um, um, workspaces this way in a virtual, um, in a virtual world. And, uh, uh, as I said, we're in California, backed by uh, leading VCs. Uh, so we, we've been growing. Uh, we had kind of great backers, very stable company. I know when we talk about the enterprise and they say, well, you know, you're just a startup. So we have great support. In fact, like we have one of our, uh, uh, our earliest backers, the first backer, uh, Mr. Mohsen Lazami, who's in the back from Columbus Nova Technology Partners. You know, thank you for all your help. And, you know, we have uh, Bain Capital Ventures, um, you know, Microsoft Ventures and Incutel, in fact, as an investor, uh, you know, working with, uh, with the U.S. government. 
Um, and, um, you know, frame, you know, one important thing, you know, we're all about a cloud. We were born in a cloud. I'm going to talk about cloud a lot. Uh, you know, that's why we're here at AWS. Um, but there are multiple flavors of frame. So you can get frame as a multi-tenant hosted service. That means, you know, right now you go to frame website, which is fra.me, kind of real easy to remember, frame, and uh, kind of sign up, swipe your card, and off you go. Like you can create your virtual workspace, whether you are kind of an enterprise or a software vendor. And we also offer it uh, right now as a, what we call the private edition. So that is a solution that's in beta. You know, if you're interested, feel free to come and talk to us where like the entire frame is offered this software that you can install inside your own VPC, you control the perimeter. And you can run that in any AWS region, whether it's public region or it's kind of God cloud region or you know, even intelligence community regions um, like, um, like C2S. So how about frame and graphics? And uh, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about kind of my own story and why, um, why frame exists. So before frame um, and kind of after my uh, PhD, uh, there was in, as, as Lechian said, in uh, uh, computer vision uh, video processing, I started a software firm. And software that we built was high-end video processing. And it used a lot of graphics. And when we were um, uh, delivering that to our enterprise customers, they said, hey, for security reasons, for uh, you know, manageability reasons, we want this delivered virtually. And also, you can't install anything on that endpoint. And I asked them, how am I supposed to do that? And they said, we'll have browsers. And you know, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you can deliver that experience remotely into a browser, we'd be very interested. And I said, well, that's an interesting idea. And that's where a tagline, kind of run any software in the browser, really came up. Because that's what changed the world, right? Last 20 years from Salesforce to Dropbox to you know, all, the, all the awesome services built on, on AWS. So why shouldn't we be able to run um, you know, from Photoshop to um, RGIS and everything in between, kind of run it um, uh, when it requires heavy graphics. And, you know, we focused from the start on streaming great graphics apps. And in fact, I mean, I have a lot of fond memories of, of this place four years ago at reInvent when G2 launched, you know, G2 to Extra Large launched. You know, that's where we basically came out of stealth and it was our big um, uh, coming out party. And we've been working very closely with AWS ever since. I don't know where John is. There's a lot of light here, so over there. So that's the guy who's responsible for kind of G22 Extra Large. We've been working for kind of four and a half years, and it turns out he's also responsible for Elastic GPUs. So it's, uh, it's kind of full circle and evolution of, um, of, of graphics. So what we've done at that time, four years ago, was something very cool. As, um, as people were talking about, hey, there's this cool uh, thing called Frame, um, and this is a screenshot from VentureBeat. We gave them an embeddable link. You know, it's basically a line of JavaScript code that you can put into an article, into basically any web page, and from there it would launch an application. So, you know, the story here says, hey, play with Photoshop in this post, and they say the future is closer than you might think. It's a seconds away from happening, like the future of software delivery, where, like, you know, forget about two gig, 10 gig downloads, forget about updates. Someone does all that for you, you click, and things just come up. And, uh, you know, G2 was awesome. You know, we wish there were, you know, the G3 was there earlier. There were many, many GPU options. The same way on a, you know, PC side, you can pick from any number of options, any number of vendors, any sizes. And Elastic GPUs are really filling kind of a great need to get a slice of GPU where, like, you don't need that, you know, expensive, you know, 76 cents. In some regions, it's more than dollar. In Japan, it's kind of dollar, dollar 10 cents to get G2. And G3, for now, it's, uh, it's even more expensive. So, you know, a lot of people said, hey, this is great. If I have, you know, 100, few hundred users, this is fine. How do I deliver this at web scale? How do I deliver this for, you know, tens of thousands or, you know, hundreds of thousands of users when it costs that much? And, you know, We've been uh, uh, really uh, uh, waiting to see more graphics options and you know, very uh, excited about the, the potential of Elastic GPUs to really blow this wide open because you drop the barrier from 76, 77 cents an hour all the way down to you know, kind of 11 and a half cents an hour. So coupling T2 medium plus you know, EG1 uh, medium, that would get you like 11 cents, 12 cents an hour. So you know, all of a sudden your entry point, like the ticket to get in is not you know, 76 cents, like six times cheaper. And um, you know, really, you know, cloud was very, very natural uh, home for us. This business is very big. You know, you're familiar with vendors uh, that do VDI on-premises, like you know, VMware, Citrix. You know, any of you runs right now VDI? Anyone? Okay, handful of people. Okay, so then you know what I'm talking about. Kind of VDI traditionally. This is a big, big industry, five billion dollars 
uh, just for software, plus you know, many, many billions of dollars spent on hardware and services. But you know, one thing that talking to customers, and I experienced that myself, uh, you know, they, they convey to us that it's, kind of, it's very complicated. You know, it takes 12 months to size up the project, to buy hardware, to configure everything properly, to do NAS and all of that stuff. So Frame makes that really, really easy. And as I said, you can go to FRA.me, it's Frame, sign up, and uh, you know, five minutes later, you have your own workspace and you know, off you go. It scales to you know, tens of thousands of users and you can get it in any number of, um, uh, of flavors. So it increases time to value. You can get going like 10 times or you know, many, many, you know, e even more than that. So like we had people who spent months uh, architecting for their VDI solution that failed, which is kind of being successful in frame within, within a matter of days. You know, it costs less overall, and the same way we are taking advantage of elasticity of a GPU, we're taking advantage of elasticity of the cloud, of course, because you know, when you're buying on-prem, um, you know, you're buying it uh, forever and ever. And uh, here, you can only pay uh, for what you really use. It's really nice uh, and, and easy to use. And it's beautiful to use. We spend a lot of time on, on making that user experience great. And you don't have to change any of your applications. So like whatever apps you're building as an ISV or uh, you know, enterprise, uh, you can run them um, uh, very, very easily. So um, you know, like the key part that we're going to show today is like this app streaming. That means app run in one place. I'm using it from a browser in a different place. But you know, just wanted to make sure that everybody understands like, what Frame uh, is. It's a lot more than just the streaming protocol. So you know, it's a really full-blown production-ready enterprise solution uh, that you, know, you can use today. And if you're an ISV, you can go live into production and deliver this from many, many places. I mean, we cover uh, things like storage and identity and security and um, uh, you know, profiles and kind of lots of other things that you know, turn this into, into a full solution. And so it's not just kind of, hey, VNC, it's a protocol. It's a lot more than that. And in fact, I just kind of put this for illustration. Kind of, there is a really, really, I'm just kind of driving my point, really rich set of features. And I invite you all, if you're interested in this, to, um, uh, to check it out. And it's everything that you need to run large-scale production on AWS today. So coming to Elastic GPUs. It was announced a year ago. Um, and I'm super excited. That was kind of on a big stage. Uh, and, and Andy Jesse uh, announced it a year ago. And we, we have a great relationship. We've been working throughout the year on um, you know, kind of testing. And you know, I can't say enough about the, uh, the support and uh, the improvement, in fact, of uh, eGPUs uh, from kind of where they were in beta to um, August when uh, they went GA. And uh, we supported them on day one. This is our blog post from late August when they launched. And um, you know, it, um, it's, been, it's been great. As I said, the key is for OpenGL workloads, you get um, you know, a much more economical option. And um, you, know, you can really mix and match. You can do any instance type with um, Elastic GPUs. We put this in front of our customers. So our customers are um, ISVs and enterprises, and you know, kind of lots of folks in, in government looking at this. Uh, and the feedback's been great. They say, like, you know, I, can, I can't tell. Uh, what the difference is between uh, uh, a G2 uh, that again costs six times more, and um, uh, and you know in fact like it costs you know twice as much as T2 extra large with two gig eGPU. So of course you have some flexibility in mixing and matching different instance types. And uh, you know, for a lot of people that was really it. And if it it feels like something that's a lot more expensive, so you get kind of a price of. Uh, kind of economy car and, uh, and uh, the performance of, of a luxury car. So I'm going to uh, jump into a demo and show you a little bit of frame interface and how Elastic GPUs work. I mean, it's really, really easy to um, create an account on frame. So once you have, um, uh, 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 you know, so, so this is something when you open, uh, when you open an account on frame, uh, if I can get my mouse here. OK, here we are. Can you see it? That's perfect. Um, so basically, just, just want to show you this. If I'm uh, going to go to create my new account, uh, I pick a location, and I'm going to go here and pick Virginia. So basically, here, you can set up you know, kind of multiple options. So like this is T2 medium coupled with Elastic Graphics 1. Um, a medium and uh, T2 extra large coupled with EG1 large, and you know you can basically um, set up any combination of, uh, of of these two. And once you have, um, let me just kind of come here. Once you have everything up and running, 
uh, let me just kind of turn this on. Uh, this, is, um, this is what you'll see. Um, let me just go back up. And what I'm going to show you here is a standard frame account, just to show you a little bit about frame interface. So this is, uh, this is what it means to be in frame. So I'm here running in a browser, and I'm going to show you things in two places. One is in, in Firefox, and other is Chrome. This is all running in um, kind of on Windows, but you know, I can uh, uh, do this demo on Mac or uh, basically any other device. And um, you know, there are, it's, it's as I said, like a workspace that you can access from a browser and you can click to run um, any application. And you know, Frame is about delivering uh, apps. It can also deliver a full desktop. So you have that flexibility. What's the difference? Well, kind of when you're streaming app or apps, you can have through Frame interface um, just that workflow and those apps. So let's say you need four apps. Your users cannot use anything other than those four apps, nor they can go into control panel or mess up with registry editor or right-click on a desktop or anything else. They just come in and use apps. So it gives administrators lot of lots of control over, um, over the environment. Or you can say, well, you know, I have developers and they um, uh, you know, want to do more. I can give them access to... I can give them access to the full desktop. And in fact, kind of, I'm, I'm logged in here into an account. Um, uh, let's click here. OK, there we are. So this was a, a subtle reference. You can see you can do lots of customization. This is a subtle reference to a sandstorm that, uh, <laughs> that we had today. So it's basically you think about it as a, as, a, as a cloud PC that can instantly scale. It can be of any given size. And I can go in and start an application. So right now, this is launching, um, um, kind of setting up a VM. It's in Virginia. Um, so you're going to see how this runs over longer distances as well. And um, kind of it's connecting from a browser. It can connect my cloud storage as well. So I mean, you see those things blinking like my Dropbox inbox. So I can use them as a cloud drive. And uh, what I'm doing here, I'm going to go and uh, fire up like a model here. And uh, let me just, for performance reasons, bump this up. You have, you have lots of controls, lots of flexibility um, on what you can do. So this is kind of right now running from, as I said, Virginia. I'm going to show you stats. Kind of it's really uh, very bandwidth efficient. So when it doesn't um, kind of uh, stream pixels, it, um, it only uses, you know, kind of 20, uh, uh, 30 kilobits a second. You know, so you can see how smooth this all is. And, you know, it will, it's going to go and, you know, use the bandwidth that's available. It's going to use, you know, 20 to 30 FPS. That's really what we can get on, um, that's really what we can get on Elastic GPUs with this. So you can, uh, you, you can see the performance. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, this application is Blender, but I can go, and I was talking about that, I can go and start kind of applications side by side. So this is the workflow where I can, you know, have my browser. So this is uh, what we like to call inception. It's kind of browser running inside a browser. Uh, so I have Google Chrome here running inside another Chrome. And I can, for fun, I can go to full screen here. So all of a sudden, I have my entire workspace. Um, you know, it's a virtual desktop with all these applications that are running on you know, a computer where there is literally no uh, uh, local footprint. It's very secure. Kind of, I just downloaded kind of a little, you know, the software download, the, the, the runtime decoder was downloaded at the beginning of the session, and it disappears in the end of the session. So you know, there are a lot of customers that ask us about uh, kind of security aspects, and we spend, we spend a, lot of time, um, um, a lot, lot of time on that. So I want to show you another thing and how easy it is to uh, kind of add, add um, applications to frame. So I'm going to go to my dashboard here. So the first thing that I showed you was uh, where users go to um, uh, use applications. And if I go here into my admin panel, I'm going to, I just kind of clicked on, um, on this link for open desktop. So it's going to open up, as you see, like a full desktop. It's virtually indistinguishable for running things, uh, running things locally. And I'm going to add Google Earth. So I'm going to do, so just to show you how easy everything is, I'm going to go Google Earth downloads, uh, kind of click enter, uh, click on a link. And again, you can do this with um, any Windows software uh, uh, pretty much ever, ever made. Uh, kind of agree in downloads. And it's going to download Google Earth. I'm going to run it, again, kind of the same way I would run it um, locally. And kind of it's installing this, it's done. It's just installed, and uh, here I am running 
running Google Earth. Now, this is a cool thing. I didn't touch a system at all. It recognizes that I installed a new application, and it asks me to onboard it to frame. So when I click OK, and just kind of click, click through um, terms of service, that application will be registered with the rest of the system, which makes, me, makes it really easy for me as an admin to kind of create a workflow and, and publish, uh, uh, publish selected apps. So just want to show you. So this is performance, again, on, on Elastic Graphics. It's, um, you know, uh, uh, this particular instance, I think it's, uh, um, we can see, in fact, what it is. This is about, uh, so it's T2 Extra Large, EG1 Large, locations of Virginia. And you can see some of the things, like it's, um, you know, 2,000 miles away. And uh, just check, check out the performance. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. And, you know, we've been talking to a lot of people who you do this for a living, like you know, GIS community, and they said like, you know, this is way, way better than their virtual desktop that um, you know, they pay hundreds of dollars a month uh, uh, to get today. So kind of great, um, uh, great performance. Now, uh, let me disconnect from here so I can show you a couple of things. So you see uh, there's a new app, Google Earth, that we've just added. And if I go, uh, and as an admin, I can go and enable that application from here. And all of a sudden, hey, like here is it my desk in, in my um, kind of launch pad. And then, you know, there's literally a click on button from here to publish this to tens of thousands of instances in any region to create, you know, your security policies, to connect your network and your storage and your, um, your identity. And the very cool thing that we have, um, you know, we let administrators really configure what resources are going to be available to end users. And you see here, right now, I'm on this elastic 16 gigabyte. Um, so like, we just talked about, hey, what if this is not enough? What if, at some point, I need CUDA, I need OpenCL, I need hardware encoding? Well, you know, from the same interface, without, having, uh, without ever having to go to your AWS console, you know, this would make it really easy to consume this. You can switch, and you can simply say, hey, like, I want to switch to a larger elastic instance, or I want to switch to Pro64 which is basically G28 extra large. And maybe I need a render job that um, I, I won't finish uh, quickly. So admins have a lot of flexibility what they're going to expose to users. And they can tell them, well, your default lap, your default virtual um, uh, workspace is only using Elastic GPUs, but maybe 20 hours a month. You know, I'll give you an allocation. So it's basically, you know, here's your affordable PC, and you'll be able to burst into something that's um, you know, much more powerful um, kind of when you need it. So with that, uh, let me go back to, um, so I showed you how like, you know, easy it is to create an account. Uh, you can support multiple eGPUs. Um, you know, it takes about a minute to switch uh, uh, between the twos. And you can mix and match between elastic GPUs and, uh, and real GPUs. And also, by the way, you can use instance without a GPU. You know, and that's, that's, you know, it's only going to do CPU rendering. It, it works fine. Uh, for you know typing and coding, but you know when you need OpenGL acceleration, kind of it's there. So uh, you know we've ran some uh, visual benchmarks uh, uh, talking about what Lichen um, uh, shared earlier. Um, you know one thing is to look at the benchmarks. So these are clips recorded uh, from the same location. Uh, that means going to the same Amazon data center. And one is on a G2 to extra large. The other one is on. Um, on Elastic GPU um, with uh, like two gig, um, uh, two gig frame buffer, and I mean I, I can do a quick, um, quick test here. What do you think? It's Elastic GPU, and wh which one do you think it's um, G2 to extra large? So everyone who thinks that Elastic GPUs is on the left, raise your hand. Okay, so it's about like a third. Everybody thinking Elastic GPUs on the right, raise your hand. It's, uh, it's about the same which is great, you, know, you, see, you can't tell. And um, it, it really, it's Elastic GPUs on the left. Uh, um, and you know, it's, it's an example of something that costs like 40% of the full price. And uh, you can dial it up and down. So it's, it's, it's really, really great stuff. So to recap, um, kind of the, the life cycle of your apps on frame can really easy just figure out what apps you want to run. You can pick where you want to run them. And we support, as of right now, uh, every AWS region, uh, you can run in GovCloud, and I'm very excited about that. And you know, we're going for full FedRAMP certification sometimes in, in 2018. We're running GATAR workloads, uh, you know, pretty much right now. And then also the, the C2S, that's the AWS regions for kind of intelligence community. 
and you can uh, you know very quickly figure out where your users are. We support all sorts of um, you know uh, uh, identity mechanisms from your AD, ADFS, uh, all the way up to Okta and um, um, uh, you know uh, uh, Ping. Uh, you can connect your storage, you know your enterprise storage or Dropbox, Box, Google Drive, depending on what you're doing, and deliver everything to. Um, uh, to kind of any browser. It's fully programmable for those of you that are you know, not on the enterprise side, but you know, we have a lot of ISVs, a lot of developers uh, that are building solutions on top of frame. You can deploy it in different regions. You showed apps, I, use, I showed you apps and desktops, and it has lots of these powerful features that you can use internally for your, you know, starting your journey to the cloud for your QA or, you know, for delivering betas to your customers around the world and, um, you know, using it for demos, trials and training. Obviously, we are most excited about production um, use case where, you know, we believe that long term there's going to be high performing, more secure, um, kind of more agile than your desktop solution. So check it out. It's frame, fray.me. Um, you know, we are uh, running this for hundreds of ISVs, you know, hundreds of enterprise customers right now. It's live, it's possible. You want to see eGPUs in action? Um, sign up at uh, fra.me slash eGPU. We have a special setup. If you do it uh, kind of this week during the show, we'll give you uh, kind of a VIP onboarding process. You get 150 bucks. Uh, I know it's not much, but uh, you know, it's enough to get you started. And you can get your own workloads running on eGPU uh, uh, pretty much right away. So. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Nicola, for the nice demo. It's really exciting to see how the small large GPU performs so well. It's virtually indistinguishable from a G22X large instances. So when we think about graphics workloads, we're not only talking about one thing, single applications. Often we're thinking about uh, the business workflows. So a, a set of applications working together in a, in a business process. So here's an example uh, of, of a car design. So people start conceptual design by having their, drawing the cars on paper, and, and then engineers will convert these, uh, these ideal models into, uh, into a bunch of 3D CAD models. And then another uh, a team of specialists, we use computer simulations to validate and iterate on the design. For example, uh, here uh, it's, it's about optimizing for aerodynamics. And then after all these designs are finalized, then they will use computer-aided manufacturing uh, to design the tools for, uh, for the actual production process. So there are many datas that are common uh, at, across all these stages. And the companies often use PLMs to manage all the datas and the processes. So in the physical workstation world, what happens is that people either use emails or shared drives to collaborate on the process. And all of the verticals are isolated. It's not easy to, very easy to collaborate. And people need to check in, check out models, which is not very efficient. And the, when models check out on the, on the laptops, something will have, sometimes what happens is the laptop get lost and the data get, data get leaked. So a lot of customers want to move the process to a cloud that can have a centralized location um, to store the data uh, th uh, throughout the process. And also want to move the graphics part to the cloud to interact with the data closer to where the data is stored. So graphics is really an integral uh, part of all these uh, business processes. So ElastGPU allows you to move your whole process to the cloud with re reduced infrastructure cost. So at stage when you need heavy graphics support, you can either use G2 or G3 instances. And at stage where you don't really need a lot of GPU power, say uh, at model review process, you can probably use ElastGPU as a very cost-effective way to run the business process. So now let me hand over my mic to Craig Rutty. Craig is an application engineer with uh, Siemens PLM Software Global Tech, uh, Technical Business Development Team based out of Huntsville. For the last five years, Craig has created, enabled, and trained partners and customers on the technical capabilities of Solid Edge, Siemens PLM software leading, leading mid-range uh, CAD solution. Craig will be sharing with us how ElastGPU can benefit with customers' workloads using Siemens software. Craig. All right, thank you. Aww. I appreciate it. I bet y'all can see me real well because I can't see anything up here. <laughs> All right, so uh, good evening. My name's Craig Ruckty. Uh, as Letian was talking about, I'm an application engineer for the Global Technical Business Development Team uh, for Siemens PLM Software. 
And I'm here today to tell you a little bit about our business and how new technology enhancements, such as those seen with AWS's new Elastic GPU offerings, continue to provide software providers, such as ourselves, new avenues in which to provide customers and prospects with next-level experiences, all at a fraction of the cost. Now, before we go and get too technical, let's talk a little bit about Siemens in general, right? So Siemens is a market leader not only in manufacturing, but also in software development. Now, you may think of Siemens as an industrial company, but in addition to that, we're actually the 10th largest software company in the world today. With so many Siemens software products available, it's important to keep with the latest technologies to provide our customers uh, the, the, their solutions in the most convenient way possible. And of course, as we're all here at this particular event talking in this session, I'm sure you can all imagine that one of those key ways of delivery is via the cloud. Now, like Amazon, Siemens has several different segments providing products and services to a multiple uh, or a multitude of different customer needs. I work for a segment of Siemens called PLM, or Product Lifecycle Management. And essentially, PLM products focus on allowing our customers to create digital twins which is essentially a virtual representation of not only their products, but also their manufacturing processes that essentially lets them know exactly how their products are gonna be created prior to the first piece of metal being cut or the first prototype being built. Now to kind of give you an example of how Elastic GPU comes into play with this PLM structure, I'm gonna show you guys a, a, a bit of a demo uh, dealing with creating this digital twin. All right, so what you see on screen here is uh, Solid Edge. And Solid Edge is a CAD program from Siemens, uh, leading uh, mainstream CAD program. And essentially, what we're looking at on screen is one of our customer data sets from uh, Switzerland, actually, Bernina. Uh, they, make, uh, they make these embroidery machines, uh, sewing machines, things of that nature. But what's even more important is that while it might look like I'm full screen working on the Surface Pro, this is actually being run through a G2 instance that, uh, that is being driven uh, through AWS. Now you can see that whether rotating, orientating, whatever kind of workflows you're working on, it's great to be able to maintain the, uh, the, the feed, the user experience that comes along uh, with what happens whenever you're working locally on your system, right? So in addition to being able to save money in delivery of the experience, it's also important, uh, you know, and this is, this is something that we focus heavily on when it comes to trials, right? Being able to let people experience our software without having to go through and do hefty downloads, hefty installs, anything like that. Uh, they can simply fire it up and start, and start messing with it. But another way that this is great is, you know, if you want to do technology exploration. And one of the key aspects of this is that with Solid Edge, we've got a lot of great new technology that's in play that is very interesting to a lot of people in the marketplace. And let's kind of give you an example of this, and we'll use this as a uh, kind of an example of uh, how this comes into play. Now, if you notice this chassis design on our uh, sewing machine here, this was made using a technology inside of Solid Edge called generative design. And what generative design does is it allows our customers to uh, basically tell Solid Edge, tell the system exactly how the part is going to be used. So here we'll go through, we'll set up a uh, material, create a new study, and then show exactly what this part is going to be doing, right? So we can control where we want keep out areas, not fat finger my inputs. And essentially when we go to run the generate command, uh, Solid Edge is going to take a look at the part and say, okay, based on your inputs, how much material you want, we're going to optimize or we're going to uh, lightweight this design for you. So what is that going to do, right? That's going to save us money on material costs. That's going to save us money on shipping because the lighter our parts are, the cheaper it is to ship. And on top of that, being able to view this type of, uh, this type of uh, technology using a G2 instance, not only where we have graphics-intensive needs, but also with the CPU needs, right? So we have everything that we need to be able to create, uh, to create these type of models to be able to allow our customers and prospects to be able to view these type of models, right? And this also looks uh, kind of funky. You probably haven't seen one of these come through uh, and, and be manufactured in, in traditional manufacturing since. 
Well, uh, these are actually created specifically for 3D printing. I'm sure you're all very well aware of the new technologies with 3D printing, the different types of processes, the different types of materials. So Solid Edge wants to uh, leverage the latest in that kind of technology to provide our customers uh, with a more efficient way to run their businesses, right, at a cheaper cost. So the key thing when you talk about PLM products is not just about, you know, how can we see graphics on screen? Of course, that's a big thing. Uh, for our customers, they want that experience. However, Solid Edge, what we're looking at here, is more than just a CAD product, right? This is an entire portfolio of solutions that we can provide to our customers from simulation, right? Fluid flow simulations, watching a fan blow air across a CPU, see how it cools down. Uh, manufacturing, computer-aided manufacturing, uh, having, a, having a chunk or a chunk of stock where you can actually see exactly how your parts are going to be created when they get to the machine shop. Technical publications, right? Being able to have an interactive environment where you can leverage the work that you've done in Solid Edge and be able to take that into uh, a, something that creates a 3D PDF for work instructions or assembly instructions. All of these come together to create a, a customized set of solutions for our customers, all of which are just as important as the actual CAD portion of it, right? So what happens when you have a product that isn't as graphics intensive as what Solid Edge is, but you still want to be able to provide the exact same uh, experience to your end users? Anybody have any idea? I mean, that is exactly what we're talking about here, right? Being able to use elastic GPUs. So if you don't have the need to provide that much bandwidth for a GPU, you don't have to, right? You can scale that back, and you can save money by providing the exact same uh, experience. And it just so happens that I have an example of one of those, uh, one of those elastic GPUs set up. So what you're looking at here on screen is one of our technical publications uh, solutions called 3D Publishing. And essentially, you can see that we have the same type of interaction, right? Nice smooth rotations, nice smooth renderings. But this is actually, uh, what was it that, uh, that we created this on? This is a, uh, a T2 medium, I believe this is running off of. So the price difference between the two, right? So you go from a G2, which is 78 cents an hour, to this T2 medium, which is 11 and a half cents an hour, right? Still getting the same type of, uh, same type of feedback, the same type of experience. You know, I'll go and, and run a quick workflow here. And just to be able to show that it's not just rotating the model around, but it's also being able to, uh, to leverage the information that comes along with the model, right? So we had an exploded view. Uh, inside of our, our top-level assembly whenever we brought it in so we can easily leverage that, create a couple new illustrations based off of it, and then whenever we have our customers trying to figure out exactly how they want to take, or you know, our end users figuring out how they want to take this particular motor assembly apart, you know, they can see exactly on the creation how this thing splits apart, what parts need to come, uh, you know, be separated first, and be able to leverage all of that. So some really cool functionality, once again, at a fraction, a seventh of the cost of running a full G2 uh, instance, right? So, and this is just a, a very small, this is just a very small subset of the different products that we offer, right? Tenth largest software provider in the world today. We have a ton of different products. You can see how as this gets scaled, there's a lot of room for saving us money and being able to still deliver next level experiences to our customers at just a fraction of the cost. And it doesn't matter whether, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're a, a company like Siemens with a bunch of different products with different requirements for GPU and CPU, or simply a company that has a great product they want to be able to leverage in the marketplace that doesn't need to pay for a full GPU. There's all kinds of ways to find value in these offerings, and being able to completely customize those instances is a great stepping stone uh, as we continue to move forward in the cloud. Uh, thank you all so much for your time. If you have any questions about the technology or anything like that, feel free to come and, uh, and see us afterwards. Thank you very much, Craig, uh, for the great demo. It's really exciting to see how our graphics products can help customers moving their workflow from on-prem to the cloud. So besides end-user computing, GloxGPU also can help you to build SaaS solutions, such as cloud cat software. 
So you have multiple ways to implement uh, graphics SaaS solutions on AWS. You can either use G2 or G3 instances, or you can to serve multiple sessions per, uh, per instance, or you can use GPUs to have one session per customer. So there are many pros and cons of, of, of each approach. So if you want to have multiple sessions in one instance, then you, you have to implement a proper uh, resource isolations because you don't want to really have one customer uh, starving all, the, all other customers on the same instance. Then you have to deal with noisy neighbor effects, and scaling is not very straightforward because you need to uh, really uh, deal with the session placement. And then when in case an instance fail, which is quite rare at the moment, uh, you, you're impacting a lot of customers, not just one single customer. So ElastGPU, uh, uh, coupled with a smaller instance, can help you to provide session, uh, session uh, isolation natively because all, all of these are taken care of uh, by uh, EC2 uh, at the boundary of instance level. It enforces fair usage of compute and GPU resources because, again, it's handled natively by EC2. And it's very straightforward to scale. You just set up auto scaling group, and then what happens is whatever, how many users you have, how many instances you have. And reduce blast radius in case anything goes wrong, then you're only impacting one customer. So we've talked a lot about the graphics we're closed. Now let's really switch to the ISV side. So AWS partner with a lot of uh, ISVs enable customers to run a wide range of applications on the cloud. So we work with ISVs such as Siemens very closely on certification process to make sure that Elastic GPU works well with uh, running all these uh, ISV uh, applications. So ISV applications really not only provide uh, our joint customers uh, the confidence that the solution is, that works and is supported, but also ensures that these customers get a really good experience using uh, uh, the ISV applications on AWS. So as part of the program, we invest in engineering resource to jointly test and optimize applications uh, for AWS platforms. We invest in QA resources to test the application and certify AWS as a supported platform. And in many cases, we uh, run all these test suites uh, and, and make sure that uh, all the application works smoothly. We jointly uh, set up uh, customer support channels uh, to help customers in case there's any, any issue with the, uh, with the setup. And we have resources to support uh, uh, all the issues encountered when using Lost GPU and AWS. We also have commodity uh, activities so that we can have cross coverage on both, uh, both, both sides of customers. So if you're uh, working for ISVs and an interesting program and you have application you want to certify uh, uh, using, uh, to uh, make ElastGPU a certified platform, uh, you can send us an email at graphicscertificationprogram at amazon.com and we really look forward to hearing from you. So we've now reached the end of the presentation. To recap, we discussed the various graphics options on EC2 and talk about how ElastGPU can enable your workloads to, to run better and more cost effectively. If you want to learn more about ElastGPU, we have several online materials. Uh, we have ElastGPU landing page. We have documentation. Uh, we have a, a webinar doing a deep dive on ElastGPU architecture uh, that is online on YouTube. Uh, and there's uh, other uh, uh, sessions uh, at, at reInvent that you can come to talk about the other uh, graphics offerings on AWS. With that, uh, thank you very much for your time. And if you have any questions, you're welcome to come to front. And uh, we'll be here to uh, answer any questions you may have. Thank you.